0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Almighty God, we ask that you would make your son present to us here this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Who do you find annoying? Simply put, who do you not like? Who do you think that you are better than? Now let's jump to this text. I think, keep that in mind. This is one of those parables where we know the text so well, we know the right answer, and we're really good at false humility because we've been told to be humble for so long. So keep in mind those people who just irk you for whatever reason. And now let's take a look at the text that was just read. What is this text all about? It's prefaced with, He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. For a second, substitute righteous for trusted in themselves who thought they were better. I don't know about you, but taking a look at this text this week made me realize just how often that I think that I'm better than those people or that person. I hope that you're much holier than me, a much better person than I am, but it happens all the time. John Calvin, love him or hate him, said that the sin that is absolutely possible, impossible to get around is that whole verse about do not show partiality. I show partiality all the time. <laughs> So what's going on in this parable? Two men go to the temple to pray. There's a Pharisee and a tax collector. And I think we do have to say right off the bat that unfortunately, this text and others like it have been used for anti-Semitism throughout the years. So at the beginning, disclaimer, these are both Jews here. This text is not to be used that way. We have a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee is righteous. In fact, you and I, because we have three Gospels that really kind of are, ne- are negative about the Pharisees, we have this negative view of the Pharisees. But if you look at ancient literature, people love the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the ones trying to uphold the law of Moses. The Pharisees are actually pretty... Decent folk trying their best. So, this this Pharisee here probably is what he claims to be. And yet, what is his prayer here? I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. Keep in mind, none of us in this room should be all that big a fan of extortion, of being unjust, of being an adulterer, being in that activity. Where he goes wrong is, I, I thank God that I'm not like this guy. Now, the Gospels, too, we're so used to this upside-down kingdom that Jesus presents, but tax collectors are not good guys, The way tax collectors make their money is they overcharge you. They extort you. They're swindlers by definition. And we in 21st century society might be able to say something like, well, you know, the system is broken, so, you know, that's as implicated as the person. Yes. Nevertheless, tax collectors extorted people. They cheated people. They were kind of like ancient mobsters. And why would Jesus want to spend time with mobsters? The tax collector is not someone who you would think would be easily restored. And yet here, this is what, I mean, so let's go back and say the the Pharisee, after essentially saying, thank God I'm not an extortioner, Thank God I'm not unjust. Thank God I'm not an adulterer. And thank God he's not any of those things. Then he talks about his pedigree. I fast twice a week. Great. I give tithes on all that I get. In this stewardship season, we would love for you to do that. And yet this tax collector cannot lift his eyes to heaven, beats his breast, and he says what becomes the Jesus prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This parable was wild for its time. Who is the one who goes home justified or righteous? It's this mobster. It's this person who does not show mercy to the people whom he's collecting taxes from. When you get into that headspace, I start to think, well, maybe this is too cheap, Jesus. Uh, We've got to hold people accountable, and we do. And yet, the radical nature of this parable is that it's the mobster who, you know, when God calls something righteous, something's got to change, right? But from what we have here, we have no indication whatsoever that he decided to change his job or necessarily change his ways. This is gratuitous grace extended toward the ungodly. And then we have at the very end there, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. What is going on here? It seems that like You and me, like what I do all the time with people I don't like, with people who I think that I'm better than, I have written them off. Here this Pharisee writes off the mobster, just like you and I would. And yet, Jesus is on the other side. I think this text is hard for us to read today because we do like this kind of you would never say out loud I'm better than that person. And that's likely because of the Christian revolution of the fact that this upside down kingdom that Jesus preached has in fact saturated our culture even if we don't aren't still Christians. But how often do we I mean, I think of the rich folk I knew in New York City, great folk, parishioners whom I love. Um, And they would bring it up, I wouldn't bring it up. Whenever they would talk about riches, they would always talk about someone who was richer than them. Um, And to those of us who didn't have anything like their money, it was just kind of like, okay. Um, There's always somebody else, right, who you can point to. And so we're, we're kind of in this space of this false humility. And so we don't really get what's going on in this text. In fact, at times I've seen it, and I've probably used it in my heart as a self-congratulatory text. Jim Monroe, who was just here, uh, the preacher for Prague's institution, he used to say whenever clergy talk would get a little gossipy. Uh, and we would, you know, justify it or whatever. He would always end the conversation with, and he was involved in the gossip too. I don't want to, <laughs> he wouldn't want me to present him as righteous. He would always say, thank God that they're, I'm not like them. Or why can't everyone be more like us? And that would cut us down to size, right? It would be like, oh, we're doing it again. Maybe some of you are Taylor Swift fans, and I want to thank her for giving me this. I'm so cutting edge, two days after the release, but in her brand new single, she says, Did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism, like some kind of congressman. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I heard that That was pretty biting. Did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism like some kind of congressman. It's so in the air to think that we're better than other people. Now, sometimes there are good reasons to be annoyed by people. There's true injustice out there. But more often than not, The people we don't like. It's not for good reasons. The people or the groups who we think that we're better than and we're just unaware of it until we look in the mirror. What we find in this parable is that when we draw that line, whether consciously or unconsciously, that line between who's in and who's out, this parable asserts that you're always going to find God on the other side. It's really annoying, actually. And yet, when you think about it, what this parable is saying is it is guarding us. It's it's a healthy thing. It's guarding us from arrogance. The arrogance that poisons the life of faith. It's saying the life of humble contrition is better than that. It's so much better than that, that if... A mobster can be viewed as more righteous than someone who's actually following the law, who's actually doing good deeds. I don't know who you have contempt for. I don't know who you think you're better than. And I'm there with you. And we can't just flip the switch and turn that off. But we can come to this table and we can come to our Lord and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And we can trust, just like the mobster, that we are going to leave justified. And our hope is, just like in Genesis 1, when God says, let there be something, it will be. When God says that we will be made righteous. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.